Hi, this is Nick Forster. This week in E-Town, we are going to continue to explore our deep archives with a great show from our 2004 season, and that starts right now. From the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's guest. From Brooklyn, New York, RCA recording artist Citizen Cope. And from Nashville, Tennessee, Artemis recording artist Steve Earle. Right now, here's your host, Nick Forrester. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town. We get together to listen to some live music talk things over a little bit. If you have ever wondered about the uh, place where music and message meet, where the inspiration for a lyric actually comes from what's going on all around you, then you've come to the right place. We have got a couple of artists this week who are not fooling around. They are calling it as they see it. Steve Earle grew up outside of San Antonio, Texas. He moved to Nashville. Eventually released his first record in 1986. Things got better in that he sold a bunch of records and made some money and made a lot of music. And then things got a little worse as his drug addiction kind of took him down for a few years, including a little time in prison and in rehab. These days, Steve is a guy who does not stand still. He's written a play and a collection of short stories. He's co-founded a theater company. He's lost a bunch of weight. He's done some acting. He's become an outspoken activist for a whole bunch of different causes. He's just released his 12th studio record called The Revolution Starts Now. Please welcome back to town American Renaissance man, Mr. Steve Earle. Starts now. 
I had a dream The world had turned around All her hopes had come to be And the people gathered around They all brought what they could bring Nobody went without And I learned a song to sing The revolution starts now yeah, the revolution starts now In your own backyard, in your own hometown So what you do is standing around Just bottle your heart, the revolution starts now Yeah, the revolution starts now In your own backyard, in your own hometown So what you do is standing around Just bottle your heart, the revolution starts now said that song wasn't political there is a new record coming out um, and I had two songs when I started it and I just wanted them heard so I had to write the rest of the record and um, this was one of the ones that I started out with Jimmy joined the army cause he had no place to go Nobody hiring right here since all the jobs in out of Mexico. Reckon they had to learn themselves a trade, maybe see the world. Move to the city someday, marry a black haired girl. Somebody somewhere in another plan. Got a rifle in his hand Rolling in the back Dad wondering how he got this far Just another poor boy Off to fight a rich man's war Bobby's got an eagle and a flag Tattooed on his arm Red, white, and blue to the bone when landing Kandahar. Live behind a pretty young wife and a baby girl. A stack of voodoo bills and went off to save the world. It's been a year and he's still there. Chasing ghosts in the thin dry air And meanwhile back at home The finance company took his car Just another 
the poor boy off to fight a rich man's war. When will we ever learn? When will we ever see? Stand up and take our turn And keep telling ourselves we're free But Ali was the second son of a second son He grew up in Gaza throwing bottles and rocks When the tanks had come Ain't nothing else to do around here It's just a game children play Something about living in fear All your life makes you hard that way He answered when he got the call Wrapped himself in death and praised our line Fat man in a new Mercedes drove him to the door. He's just another poor boy off to fight a rich man's war. Thank you so much. That's Steve Earle, Nashville, Tennessee. Steve will be back later on the show to play some more music. We'll be back with more from the special show from 2004 E-Town Archives after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. Be up to play some more music in just a while. And uh, Citizen Cope, he's a guy we first heard at actually at a radio conference a few years ago. He's here with his band. They will be out in just a bit. But before we get back to music, um, Steve Earle is a guy who kind of goes where his passion takes him, clearly. Um, but he's a guy who uh, gets involved, you know, rather than just talking about what's wrong. And right now we're going to introduce you all to somebody who is also getting involved, stepping up, making a difference in their own hometown. These are volunteers, people we find out about from listeners like you. And uh, these folks are inspiring hometown heroes. It's the Achievement Award, and here comes Helen to tell you about this week's winner. Thank you, Nick. Our nominator this week is Guy Schaefer of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and our winner is Dr. Jim Withers of Pittsburgh. Jim is a medical doctor who, several years ago, began going out into the streets of Pittsburgh to provide desperately needed medical care to the homeless of that great city. And Jim started this by himself on a very grassroots level. 
But over the years, it has grown into a full-blown nonprofit organization known as Operation Safety Net. And Nick, I'm happy to say that our winner is with us in person this week to tell us his story. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Dr. Jim Withers of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. How are you, Jim? Great. You made it all the way out here from Pittsburgh, and we appreciate that. So uh, first tell me how the idea came to you to give medical attention to people who needed it. Well, I teach medicine at Mercy Hospital in Pittsburgh, and I realized that there was a real gap socially, economically, and just in terms of care between the folks that were sleeping on the streets, under the river banks, uh, those areas, and that we weren't meeting their needs. So I felt that it was important to get out to where they were and bring my students along to learn from the people that had us so much to teach. So, so how do you do that? What's the first step? I can imagine how you would get that idea, but what do you do? How do you begin something like that? What I did was I was fortunate enough to meet up with a fellow who was formerly homeless, excellent blues guitarist, by the way, uh, Mike Sallows. Who, probably a friend of ours. So, yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but he was already going out for a couple of years putting blankets on people and giving them food. So we teamed up as a pair, actually dressed like a homeless person, and began sneaking out, if you will, at night to visit people. You did. That's right. Yeah. I felt it was important to, um, to really present myself as a person, not as a physician, etc., and to use my ears listening to their stories. Yeah. And so you got to know some of these folks, and you got to see where they were hanging out, and you got to sense, I guess, what their needs were. Yes, I was surprised how many folks there were in actually the awful situations that they were sleeping in. But um, they were very moved that someone cared that they were still alive. A lot of tears on riverbanks and things like that. And did you stay out a long time? Actually, yeah. I was kind of getting almost addicted to it in the beginning. I was out three nights a week till one or two in the morning. Yeah. Did you bring supplies with you? And Yeah, I have a backpack, which has gotten much bigger over the years. The street really taught me what to take. I have uh, Ziploc bags that have little types of medicines that I'll need and uh, referral stuff, uh, just ways of connecting people back to society as well. Um, a lot of phone numbers I give out. Wow. So it isn't just about the physical care. It's about the connection. Exactly. Any uh, stories of uh, individuals for whom this was a profound experience that you can think of? I'm happy to say that over the years there have been so many that it's almost a bit of a blur. I can, there's a fellow in our office who is an employee now and doing well. He's, uh, he was sleeping under a bridge when we met him. There's a, a woman who was unfortunately beaten and left for dead. She was left blind. She has now succeeded in getting housing and employment. And, and these are my heroes, these people that can overcome such things. Uh, that first night that you went out, when was that? It was in May of 1992. Now there's an organization... Right. Operation Safety um, Net. We have a full-time staff. We're supported by um, individuals, uh, foundations, pretty much all outside funding, and lots of volunteers. Um, the main workforce is still volunteer, and I've just been so amazed at the students, the other physicians, nurses, and just people from the Pittsburgh community that have uh, joined us. And I bet it's a profound experience for your students particularly, because I think... First of all, getting into medical school is a challenge. Right. Paying for medical school is another challenge. And it's pretty tough for a young person to go through that process and not think about the payoff. You know, I mean, some of that stuff must sneak in there. 
but to make sure that you can actually take students and show them a real visceral example of how to give back, uh, I, I think is a really profound part of that education. Well, Steve's words hit home to me about having a revolution in your own backyard, and I'm proud to be part of a group of healthcare people, at least, who are beginning to feel that we have to take back our relationship with society and to nurture those students that have that vision and not snuff it out like it's often done is a real privilege. Any idea how many folks you've helped since you started this whole thing? Well, we've seen around 8,000 individuals on the streets of Pittsburgh. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Well, congratulations, Jim. That's a great story. We got a Framed Achievement Award certificate for you. I just love the fact that this is something that starts small and keeps growing and keeps giving back. And you've done a great job. Thank you very much. Congratulations. This week's winner from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Mr. Jim Withers, Operation Safety Net. We send our thanks out to listener Guy Schaefer of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for nominating our winner this week. Now, to our listeners, you can learn more about Dr. Jim Withers and Operation Safety Net by visiting our website. Also, if you have someone in mind you'd like to see considered for an Achievement Award acknowledgement, somebody doing great things in their community, you can submit a nomination on our website as well, which is etown.org. Or write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Love those stories. Inspiring stuff, folks. Um, Steve Earle, as I mentioned, is going to be back in a little while to play some more music right now. I want to tell you about our next guest. Citizen Cope is both a guy and a band. The guy is Clarence Greenwood. And Citizen Cope's new CD is called the Clarence Greenwood Recordings. Uh, he grew up around Washington, D.C., but had lived in Mississippi and Texas before that. Now lives in Brooklyn, New York. Some of you may know him from his time in the band Basshead, but for most of you, he is a new find. I first heard him a couple years ago, and his songs were short and full of real emotion, real stuff. We're happy to have him along with his band for his first visit. Please welcome to E-Town, Citizen Cope. Away. What 
brought you down here Just put yourself between a bullet and a target And it won't be long before you're putting yourself away I've been seeing her for years She got the dark, dark wavy hair With a voice that she just don't care She got a skirt with a heart to top She got a daddy never gave enough She drink a beer with a proper shot She got knocked up in a pickup truck But she got engaged when she was 19 To this dude who was acting insane Had a 45 that he always claimed one day, one day, one too many days Now we ducked and she ran away Never to be heard from, never to be seen I check a cover of a magazine And now I'm wondering how, just wondering What you done here? Just put yourself between a bullet and a target And it won't be long before you're putting yourself away next song is called Night Becomes Day. Really glad to be here at E-Town tonight. Thank y'all for coming through.
So I was looking at your bio, and it seemed like your family moved around a lot. And there, in one of the interviews that I read, you talked about how there wasn't much going on when you were a kid, and that actually was a good thing because it really helped cultivate your imagination. Yeah, I mean, there was a time where I, I lived kind of, and when I was younger, where I, it wasn't a lot to do around. So you kind of use your imagination and kind of made your own worlds out of where you lived. Did you start uh, writing songs and making up rhymes and stuff when you were a kid? Mm. Not really, no. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how old were you when you found a guitar? Like 13, I was, a friend of mine had a guitar and she kind of showed me some stuff and it was kind of hard to play so I, I and, and also I wasn't really adapted to playing other people's music. A lot of people knew how to play this and that. And so I thought I didn't really, oh man, I must not be able to play. And so I kind of put it down a little bit and then when I started writing poetry and getting just a need for some kind of creative outlet, I started to pick that up and pick it up, like just string by string and, you know, put my heart into it. And I think if you put your heart into something, it doesn't matter, you know. Makes it yours. Right. Yeah. What's well, working, you know, it turns out. Uh, you listed some of your influences, some pretty wide range stuff. I mean, Randy Newman, Marvin Gaye, Otis Redding, Willie Nelson, you know, a lot of different things that you listed as... Uh, places that you got some inspiration from. And I wonder, you know, Willie Nelson talks about he was the guy who connected the dopers and the ropers. And, uh, and I think, you know, that's what, those are his words now. And Steve Earle, I think, has done some of that too. You know, he's connected the kind of the rock inside of country music uh, together. And, and I sort of see you doing some of that same thing, bringing people together, kind of being enough in the middle, but drawing from a wide range. Right, I think that was a good time in country music when you had like a real rebel kind of spirit involved in, in the music. And, and I think all art is, you know, it's highest form when you kind of push in the envelope and it's not middle ground, right. whether it be painting or, you know, acting or anything, writing. Now, you're living in Brooklyn. Are there any experiences you can think of that were kind of like that, where you had to mix different disciplines or different artists got together around something you were involved with that pushed the envelope a little bit? thing about music is that you know it's not divided like other things in society it's it's or people's perception of what the division is in society i think that you know all different types of people are you know into music love music and that's you know what the common ground is yeah that's exactly what we're doing here well thank you for that and let's get back to music with that welcome back to e-town citizen cope The song is called Sun's Gonna Rise.
Citizen Cope, RCA recording artist Clarence Greenwood, along with Jay Nichols, Preston Crump, John Ginty, Steve Vadeich. We'll be back with more music from Steve Earle and Citizen Cope after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town.
I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like KMTN, The Mountain in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, on WITT in Zionsville, Indiana, and on KRML in Monterey Bay, California. As always, if you'd like to know more about what E-Town is up to these days, lots of information can be found at etown.org. Let's go back to the stage at E-Town for my chat from back in 2004 with Steve Earle. Welcome back. Steve, how are you holding up? I'm doing good. Yeah. You once talked about uh, you grew up around a, a military town, San Antonio. Yeah. There was a bunch of Air Force there. and uh, Oh, yeah. I grew up in a place that if they started busting the big caps, we were just going to be a great big hole. And we all knew it. You know, I mean, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, they loaded us up on buses and drove us out in the woods. What? I, I don't know what that was supposed to do. I guess we were... Make you harder to find, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Practice your Spanish, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so the idea of uh, political music, I think in a political time, uh, almost all art becomes political in some way or another. Pete Seeger said, all songs are political. Lullabies are political to babies. So, yeah. um, I like the way Pete Seeger's dad also said, it's not whether or not it's a good song, it's whether or not the song is good for something. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, there are, look, music doesn't have to be political, it doesn't have to be about issues, but you know, you, I, I think any art that goes out of its way to avoid issues or goes out of its way to avoid things that people feel strongly about and things that, you know, my job is in making art is to get you to care as much about something as I do. That's it. It's really that simple. And the reasons for that, why it's, a, it's something that, that we need, the difference between human beings and animals is not an opposable thumb. It's the fact that we make and we consume art, period. That's, that's why we're running the joint. And we forget about that all the time. Uh, Let me I, ask you, though, about that, that thing. If, if the goal for you as an artist is to make me care more, as you become more political or more strident or more uh, obvious, I guess, in your message... Is there a danger that you're only going to be reaching people who already agree with you? Um, only if you can't write. Um, I've had... Um, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. I mean, you know, my audience has been about the same size for some years now, but I've had more people... I lost count a long time ago. I got people coming up to me and saying, you changed my mind about the death penalty. And, you know, in my job... That's like, uh, I mean, you know, my motives aren't always that great when I write, you know, some of the more emotionally driven songs that I've written. Sometimes it's just like to get even with a girl. And it's, uh, <laughs> when I write the other stuff, when I'm trying to lend somebody else a voice, my motives are much purer. And, and I'm proud of that. And when, so when, when you hear somebody come to you and tell you that, that you changed their mind, you know, or their heart about something as divisive as the death penalty is in this country, then you feel like you haven't wasted your time banging around in the back of a bus for 20 years. No, I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you that you have raised the caliber of discourse around a bunch of different things through your songs over the years. So I'm sure you know that, but I just want to let you know that we think that's, uh, that stuff is working. I think it's a little odd and maybe a little sad that it's come to this where we're having this conversation. You're a songwriter and a guitar player, and 
And uh, I mean, I've been lucky enough to interview all kinds of leaders and politicians and presidents and all kinds of people. But in a way, the artist and the musician, the singer-songwriter has this responsibility, partly because you travel, you get out in traffic, partly because you feel that responsibility of your audience. But, but uh, Most people that, in the United States live in the United States all their lives and never leave it. And, and we, as artists who travel, right. we do have, we see the rest of the world. I was, I was in Australia when the first Gulf War broke out. I was in Norway when the bombs started dropping this last time. And I think every American... I wish every American could have that experience. I realize it's not possible, but it is uh, the idea that that artists are unqualified to comment on the society around. There's a relatively new idea that, as far as I know, George Bush made up. Uh, <laughs> I'd never heard that before in my life growing up in this country. I thought it was my job. But. You know, I am an artist, and I do have that responsibility, and I believe that. And it doesn't mean everybody has to, but I certainly have the right to. And I'm a citizen, right. and I have a right to say anything that I want to say, even if I'm wrong. <laughs> and do, and sometimes I'm wrong. Yeah. No, you write in the liner notes of your new record that democracy is hard work. It is. And, 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 and I think that's important. The country I grew up in was headed in a different direction than the country that we live in now. But I believe we had it going in a certain direction. And some of us thought the job was done. Some of us got occupied with other things. Mainly, we started having kids. And, and we let our guard down. This, this country was never designed to be a particularly progressive society. But we, you know, our founding fathers came up with this incredibly hip document called the Constitution, and I think it's a lot cooler thing than they intended it to be, but it, 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 and it's what we'll be remembered for. Maybe rock and roll, you know, maybe baseball, but definitely our Constitution. That's what they're going to dig up, and that's what's going to say the most about who we work as. We're not going to be the most powerful country in the world forever, and how we carry ourselves while we are is going to affect how our grandchildren are treated by the rest of the world. And that constitution is what we'll be remembered for, and I think it's really important to protect it, and I think that takes, it, it's really, really hard work, and we can't ever let up. Yeah. Did you ever stop to think about making a list of things that if they would change, you'd feel like you got there? Like you said, you know, boy, if I could make these things change, then I really feel like I've accomplished what I set out to do. Well, I mean, I think the death penalty is doable. Um, there's a lot of things. I, you know, I'm pretty radical. I really, truly believe that there's no excuse for anyone to go hungry in the richest country in the world. There's no way you're going to convince me there's not enough and that there's any reason for it to happen. And, and, uh, there's no reason for people to go without decent medical treatment, at least decent medical treatment. And I'm talking about everybody, every single person. There is enough. There are enough resources here to do that. There's enough money. This is really interesting. You could send every kid that turns 18 this year to their first year of college for less than the amount of money that we have spent in Iraq the first year of the war. And Seems like a better investment to me, man. I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong, but 
every single kid. But the truth is, and this will sound paranoid, but there are people that really don't want everybody's kid to have a college education. They, they want their kids to have a college education, and they have a vested interest in not everyone having the same shot at an education. I came across this thing the other day. This was actually FDR's uh, second Bill of Rights that he kind of put together. He said, we got a Bill of Rights, you know, however secure we think that may be now. But the, the second Bill of Rights was basically the right to a job, the right to earn enough to feed and clothe your family, the right for a farmer to be able to support his family, for business people to compete fairly, the right to a decent home, the right to adequate medical care and, and the hope for good health, the protection from the fears of old age, sickness, accidents, and unemployment, and the right to a good education. And that was basically, he said, that's what national security is yeah, all about. Absolutely. And because of that statement right there that you just read, that's the reason that a president of the United States can only serve two terms, because people decided that there was no way. We, we had to resort to a form of socialism to survive the Depression. It was called the New Deal. And there were a lot of people just knew, very powerful people, well, we can't stop this because we need to do it now. But they didn't waste a minute. And, and ever since, they've been trying to figure out to make sure it never, ever happens again. And the first thing they did was term limits on the presidency. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're out there stirring things up, Steve. And I feel like, um, I feel like, uh, And, and in all fairness, while this record of yours, this new record, The Revolution Starts Now, is the most political record you've written, it has a couple love songs on it, albeit um, one of which is dedicated to Condoleezza Rice, uh, the object of your apparent affection. Don't you think she's kind of hot? I don't know. Well, I'm glad Maybe that, it's just me. Yeah, your heart is still ticking away in there. All right, well, we're going to get back to music. Welcome back to E-Town, Steve Earle. Somebody said, oh, you wrote that gun control song. And at the time, I had this whole house full of guns. And, you know, that's the thing is, you know, when people start talking about people flip-flopping on issues, well, you know, I changed my mind about that. And the reason I changed my mind is that my 14-year-old son took a gun and hid it in his room. There hasn't been a gun in my house ever since, and I changed my mind about that. So now this is a gun control song. the time my daddy let the fight the big war Saw my first pistol in the general store In the general store I was 13 Thought it was the finest thing I ever had seen I asked if I got heavens when the winter grew up Mama dropped a dozen and she really blew up Well, she really blew up Didn't understand Mama says a pistol is the devil's right hand The devil's right hand The devil's right hand Mama says a pistol is the devil's right hand Y'all, my first pistol was a cabin ball coat Shoot as fast as lightning, but she loaded my slow Yeah, she loaded my slow Soon I find out she can get you into trouble But she can't get you out In the wind, got myself a cool 45 Called a peacemaker, but I never knew why 
didn't understand Mama says a pistol is the devil's right hand Devil's right hand, devil's right hand Mama says a pistol is the devil's right hand The devil's right hand, devil's right hand Mama says a pistol is the devil's right hand
transfers around here in a way. Tell me two tours of duty in Vietnam. Yeah, I come home with a brand new plan. I take the seat from Colombia to Mexico. I plant her up a hollering out Copperhead Road. Got a chopper in here Wake up screaming like I'm back over there But I learned a thing or two Charlie, don't you know Better stay away from Copperhead Road That's Steve Earle from Nashville, Tennessee. New CD is called The Revolution Starts Now. Out on Artemis Records. Steve Earle. We've got time for one more song. I want to thank everybody for being on the show. We're going to get Citizen Cope and uh, his band out here to do this number. We had to think about what song we wanted to do. And a lot of times when you're looking around, Good reggae song, candor to anybody. Please uh, want to say thank you to all our guests. Once again, from Brooklyn, New York, Citizen Cope, thanks for being here. I want to thank our award winner, Mr. Dr. Jim Withers, Operation Safety Net, helping the homeless in Pittsburgh get medical care. Thanks to Steve Earle. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town.
Citizen Coke, Steve Earle, E. Jones, Helen Forster. This is a production of E-Town. Thank you to Steve Earle. Thanks to Citizen Cope. Thanks to Dr. Jim Withers and Operation Safety Net, our award winner. I'm Nick Forster. Thanks for listening.